1: It's time for the verdict.
0: Now, we'll talk all day if you want it. Objection. All right, settle,
1: settle down, everybody. Settle, settle. With Nate Lucas on 590 The Fan. How about the sea of red? Let's hear you, baby. I'm so proud of these guys behind me. The Hunt family for giving us an opportunity to do this. For Brett Veach and his gang, for pulling all these great guys in here, man, and putting them together and them coming together as a team. through all the highs and lows, they kept persevering. And now we're holding the trophy, and it belongs to the Red Sea right here, man. Congratulations. Who wants to hear from the winningest quarterback in National Football League history? 15 and 3 in the playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, the QB1 of all QB1s, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, oh. Kansas City, let me hear you one time. Man, what a year to battle through the adversity, to continue to go, to go for that championship. They all doubted us. I don't want to hear any different. But you know who came through in the end. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. I just want to thank everybody here because Chiefs Kingdom, y'all are the reason that we do what we do. Hey, real quick, real quick. Hold up, sorry, sorry, I'm, 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 I know, I know. know. I'm a regular quarterback, this is what it is. Um, I gotta give a shout out to that defense. I mean, can I hear it for the (laughs) defense? It's crazy. A defense can win the Super Bowl and still be underrated, and that's what those boys have been doing.
2: Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Mitch Holtis, they're having some fun in Kansas City today with the Super Bowl parade. Uh, it sounds to me like Patrick Mahomes has been sipping on a few of burning cold ones. What's happened to Marcus Seidel? Oh, man.
0: Not a whole lot. I would have to agree. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was doing a little bit of sipping.
2: Even his wife, Brittany, almost came up and tried to steal the microphone away from him. You know that that's probably time. He looked at her and goes, I know, I know, I'm a regular quarterback.
0: I think she did a little bit of sipping, too. (laughs) I think it affected her a little bit more, probably.
2: Patty Mahomes has a little Alex Jones in that uh, (laughs) that larynx. Yeah. Back there, especially when he starts sipping on a few of those burning cold ones,
0: he doesn't look like he would either. That's the
2: kind of funniest thing about it. He was walking around the parade with his uh, shirt off, and I don't know if you saw any of the pictures, but mm. he's not like the most. Um, he's kind of got the ma- he's kind of got the dad bod yeah. going on. I think Kelsey does, too. A
0: lot of people were talking about that, too. It's like, dude, from my perspective as a bodybuilder and a bodybuilding coach, I'm so jaded when it comes to that. So, like, I'm, like, overly hypercritical of everybody's physique because it's like my job is literally to critique people's physiques part of the time. So (laughs) I tried my best to just not even pay attention to it. It gives me hope. Yeah, you know? yeah. Hey. You, you might be the next QB one <laughs> of all QB ones. A <laughs>
2: QB one of QB ones. Did you watch the game?
0: Did I did. It? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an amazing game.
2: Yeah. First, first it was it was two and a half quarters
0: were a little boring. But the, the what I was saying is that you did. He had no idea who was going to win. So yeah. it was, although boring, at least suspenseful. If it was thirty-one to nothing more scoring but bo- that's boring to me. I'd rather a, a close defensive battle cuz at least there's some you know you're wondering who's who's going to end up winning this. So even the boring parts were kind of fun in a way.
2: It is uh, wild to me. I just still can't believe that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl again. I you know, I watch a lot of NFL. And when they were in the midst of losing three out of four, and I had bet on them on that Christmas Day game against the Raiders, and they lost, I'm thinking they're done. I mean, yeah, you know they'll make the playoffs, but they're right. they're they're done. They're not going anywhere. And yeah. I knew that they were going to have to go on the road. And it then- seemed like they're they're arguable dynasty could have maybe been done,
0: you know? And that still would have been great. Oh, yeah. Still would have been way more than most franchises ever experienced, but for them to keep winning. And there's no reason to believe they're not going to be as good or better.
2: Well, where are they going? I mean, all of their defensive players are young. they got to re-sign Chris Jones, but he even said today at the parade that he's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, why would
2: you? And as long as you've got Patrick Mahomes, and I believe that he's going to probably restructure his deal – you know, every year to give the Chiefs some cap room yeah. so they can add. I mean, dude, the biggest luxury of being a guy like that, and Brady did
0: this, Tim Duncan notably did this when he was in the NBA. LeBron's probably done this, it's just not as notable, but he, he gets paid so much unbelievable amounts of money outside of football that it's like you can almost take a hit. To remain the you know on the best team and have the chances to keep continue winning the Super Bowl and supplement your income even bigger on the back end so that you can get more players in to play alongside you, you know when people take it's essentially you just take a a quote unquote pay cut we'll call it that for lack of a better term so that they're really
2: struggling yeah Food exactly stamps you know
0: yeah exactly <laughs> so that you can have a better team and keep winning and make even more money doing endorsement deals,
2: man. What a time. I mean, is that guy just living on top of the world or what? Can't three imagine. Three-time Super Bowl champion.
0: 28 years old.
2: And he's 15-3 and three in the postseason. Went through. He's going to have chances in the next year, two years, where he's going to just upset all of the records in terms of postseason heroics and numbers. I mean, he's going to own all the records. And I'm sure you've seen the little side-by-side of him next to Brady's. At this point? It ain't even close. No, not even a little bit close. Brady was fourteen and four at this point in his career in the postseason. Mahomes is already fifteen and three, and he's won three. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna end up uh, with more Lombardi trophies than than Brady and. I know that fans get exhausted whenever athletes win a lot, and that means that they're going to be shown more on television ads yeah. and everything. Like You can't get away from Patrick Mahomes. He's in every t- commercial. What is he? T-Mobile, yeah. State Farm, hy Like He's all over the place. Here's
0: the thing, though. 25 years from now, all those same people that complain about constantly having to see him or see Taylor Swift or whatever – are going to be bragging about the fact that I was watching all this live when he was doing all this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with LeBron James. Everybody who hates LeBron and is tired of seeing LeBron do this and tired you know, I can't wait for him to retire. It's a lot less time is going to have to pass for people to be like, man, I'm glad I was able to witness that in real time.
2: I don't remember either. Now, I don't recall. I wasn't alive, you know, when they were kind of in these marketing campaigns, but – Joe Namath had the same situation. Cool Joe, he was, on, yeah. he was plastered on every advertisement sure. when he was doing his thing with the Jets. He had um O.J. Simpson who was on every marketing campaign possible when he was running wild. I mean, I don't remember the hostility towards athletes for taking all these endorsements oh, as we I do agree. now.
0: Well, I mean, think you don't even have to go back that far. Tiger Woods. Yeah. was like 15 straight years. He was like the only golfer you heard about. Still. He every, I mean, yes, it. literally still. Yes. Walking
2: on one leg, and yet he's playing this weekend, and you would think that that's the only guy competing at the Genesis. Yeah.
0: It's it's just – I don't know what it is. I think there's just something societally – well, one, you're, you're seeing him infinitely more often now because of social media. Mm-hmm. You know, back long enough ago, you saw – yeah, you saw him on ESPN. You saw him on the nightly news or whatever – but every time you look at your phone, which I think for everybody is way more often than they even realize, their face is right there in your hand and on the TV screen and, and apparently on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you, you really can't escape them. But who cares? Like, they're doing unprecedented stuff. That's cool. Like, you should be excited about the fact that you're, like, here to witness it, you know?
2: I find him to be a likable personality, too. Agreed. I mean, you don't hear about him, you hear about his brother and yeah, his girlfriend yeah. and that nonsense, but like, you don't hear about him being a jerk or anything. He seems like a pretty down-to-earth guy. I mean, yeah. I watched his uh, interview on Pat McAfee yesterday and... he's just goofing around. I think he's gotten a lot more comfortable doing interviews. His personality is able to shine through. And I actually really think that he was given such a luxury in life to be around. You know, his dad, Patrick Mahomes Sr., was a professional baseball pitcher. He pitched in the big leagues for a long time. And for a kid to grow up in a professional setting like that, where he was probably in the clubhouse almost every day that he could, being around professional athletes, there's something to be said about that. And I... In St. Louis, uh, the, the most recent example is uh, the Kachuk boys mm-hmm. and being around Big Walt and being around the room and those guys catching heat. But there's, there's just a swag and coolness about them that is organic, and they yep. don't have to put any kind of show on. It's just they've got it, however you want to define
0: it. There was a lot of that in the Super Bowl. There was – who else? There's – uh, well um, – McCaffrey his dad was oh, other, yeah. his dad pl- played in Super Bowls yep. prior uh there was someone else at least one other guy that I I don't know why I Well the head it. coach for Well uh, yeah
2: d- you know San Francisco Yeah
0: yeah uh I think there was another player that had uh, you know like an NFL lineage I, I don't know there's so many studs in that game it's crazy the talent the in that talent. game absurd it was kind of was perfect it's kind of like that was kind of the super bowl that i think everybody wanted to see whether or not they realized it or not um those were those were the two best i think those were the two best teams i
2: think so too yeah. how would you grade usher's performance at halftime it's great i i think everything from start to finish about the super bowl like all things considered was really good this year i thought it was a pretty strong presentation yeah I, I like agree. the game broadcast. I like Romo and Nance. I like the their dynamic. It's very big league to me. Fox's top crew of Kevin Burkhart and uh, Greg Olson I think is a step down. I don't think they're bad. I just don't think that they're on the same level as a Nance and a Romo and I they're, they're two likable teams i yep. I wouldn't have been I bet on the chiefs, so I was happy that the Chiefs won. But the whole time I'm sitting there going, you know what, if Brock Purdy and that collection of superstars wins this thing and I'd feel good for Kyle Shanahan to get off the pine, but it didn't happen. I don't think the 49ers are going anywhere. No, they're not
0: either. It could be the same two teams next year. Very well could. I I also think that – Brock Purdy, despite losing, still showed that he's so much more than a game manager. Like, the the this whole narrative has just got to stop. The kid's a stud. He's so good. He's so good. Like, just stop with the criticism. Like, why does everyone have to criticize everything that's great now? You know, it's kind of like you're saying about everybody complains about having to see the same people every time. But it's also just like... Anytime anyone starts to become successful in professional sports, it's like, okay, what can we what can we nitpick to point out that's not good enough? The the kid's a stud. I mean, it's there's just no more denying it. Despite the fact that they lost, and if they would have won, good God, there's really nothing left that you can say other than the kid's he's an elite
2: quarterback. Uh, Purdy sold me. It was not this season, but last season when. Uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers went out to Santa Clara to play the 49ers, and everything was about Tom Brady returning home. I don't think he had ever actually played in San Francisco, you know. So it was his homecoming, a lot of family there, and Brock Purdy played as good of a first half of any quarterback that I've ever seen. I mean, in some ways, it reminded me of Warner. Yeah, Just his ability to get rid of the ball fast. He's smart with his decision-making. He doesn't turn the ball over. He can make plays with his feet when he needs to. And uh, off the field, I think the guy, I think the world of this guy. I mean, he I talked agree. openly about his faith and, you know, just different things that you just sit there and go, man, there's a guy that yeah. I'm just rooting for. So It's
0: also, to me, ironic, like, and this might be a controversial take on my end but it it is everything that I believe about Tom Brady's controversial to everybody else but Tom Brady's like the ultimate game manager yeah he kind of is to me what what is the there's a difference between the way they their you know their body types and the the exact way that they play but like Brady had a, always had a lot of weapons and always had a great offensive line always had a great defense to set things up for him and played in a the weakest division in the NFL like every year of his career there's a lot of things that were like put on a platter for Brady too and if you go go through Brady's highlight reel if you will nothing that exciting like it's he's in a lot of ways similar to Purdy but you got to, everybody agrees besides basically me that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time like people get genuinely offended if i claim otherwise it's happened millions of times, uh, but Pro- Brock. Those same people will just label or quick to label Brock Purdy a game manager, and I'm like, okay. So if you believe that he's that Brock Purdy is a game manager, then you're going to have to explain to me how Tom Brady isn't. I'm not. I, they're both great, by the way. I'm not. I, I'm not saying Tom Brady's not elite. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, despite where you have him ranked. Um, and the same thing, I'm not saying Brock Purdy's elite to that degree yet, but they're g- good for the same reasons, essentially.
2: Brock Purdy has a cap hit next season of one million dollars, which is unbelievable. There are college quarterbacks that are making three, four million dollars, <laughs> yeah, and crazy. Brock Purdy is going to cost the 49ers nothing. which just for makes the it even cooler. That's, oh yeah. that's like to me maybe the coolest part. Yeah, really, there's a lot of good storylines, and and it just shows you, man, like there's so much talent around the National Football League, and it's hard to win, and it's hard to knock off a champion. Uh, And I think the Dolphins figured that out, and the Bills figured that out, and the Ravens figured that out, and probably on paper the more talented team found that out in Super Bowl 58. Yep. Pretty ridiculous. Blues found that out in a hard way last night, too. Uh, even though uh, Toronto was missing 140 points out of their lineup. No John Tavares, no Mitch Marner, uh, no Morgan Riley, who got suspended for five games after he went over and took a cheap shot at uh, the kid uh, Greg for for s- putting a slap shot on an empty net goal. I didn't think he would get five games. I thought he might get a game or two, but as some people are calling it, the Maple Leaf Tax, where uh, George Peros is going to give you three games on top of the two that you probably should get because you're the Maple Leafs. And I get, look, the NHL is doing everything they can to get rid of cross-checks of the head. I don't think it was there was any malice behind uh, Morgan Riley going over there and doing it. He just caught him up high. But five games is excessive to me, and I spent 20 minutes breaking that down yesterday. So I'll save everyone the, the re- repetition there. But uh, disappointing for the Blues, last night to only get 15 points on goal. Their top six really didn't have a whole lot going for them. Torpchenko scored and the fourth line was good. Bennington kept them in the game the entire time, uh, but lackadaisical defensive efforts by Pareko on the first goal, uh, even though he scored he had his first point uh, last night. Uh, Kessel did not have a very good game, so all in all, the Blues open up the second half going two and one, wins against Buffalo, and Scoring seven on the Canadians was fun, but last night was uh, maybe a coming back down to earth moment for a team that still has a lot to decide between now and and the trade deadline, which is quickly approaching in, on March, uh, I believe it's March 8th. So there's a good article on The Athletic by Pierre Lebrun uh, when he sits down, and it starts with Doug Armstrong talking about the Canadian team and, and the architect of that Product, but then it gets into what the Blues are going to do at the at the deadline, and at the end of it, uh, Pierre just writes, "I'd say that's a mighty hint that playoff spot or not, uh, or not come March eighth, Armstrong won't be swayed from the overall plan in in this retool." So they've talked about it a lot, where this isn't a complete rebuild, where you're looking at eight to nine seasons of. Playing really bad hockey and hoping that you can secure a superstar over that span in the draft and drafting the top five or whatever that looks like. I don't think St. Louis is headed in that direction. I don't think they can afford to go in that direction. But all of this good feeling they've had and the wins that they've put together under Drew Bannister, it's a much better product on the ice and they still might slip into the playoffs uh but last night i think is a stark reminder of the have and the have nots and the blues right now still remain in the in the have nots i'd say there are 8 to 10 teams in the national hockey league that truly think that they can win a stanley cup and i don't believe the blues are one of those teams at this point but uh they better figure it out real quick cuz they got a team coming into town on thursday night i'm probably going to go to that game against the oilers uh the oilers coming off a game in which they scored Uh, eight goals against the Detroit Red Wings and the superstar Connor McDavid had six assists last night for Edmonton so a very flat game for the Blues 15 shots on goal is completely disrespectful to the game of hockey in my opinion and that's just not a good enough effort uh, last night by the boys but hopefully they regroup and have a better game come Thursday against Edmonton I saw you put something out on social media I wanted to talk about about uh, trainers and coaches and how you know, you can feel like you have a coach in your life or, or a trainer in your life, but they will degrade you the moment that you veer in the direction that might not be the plan. Right. And I think your message there was it might be time to reevaluate who your coach is if that's the case
0: the main message was really more so which you're you're right you're actually kind of reading between the lines a little bit and you're very accurate with that but the main message was like if if you have a coach or a, a trainer or nutritionist or whatever this would apply to like actual athletes you know a, actual athletes as well like if you're supposed to be doing certain form of training or whatever on your own time <clears throat> off season stuff perhaps Just don't lie. Like, like if you're not doing it, like if you're not following, you know, in my case, if you're not following your diet or you're not doing your cardio or maybe you had a cheat meal here or there, maybe you had a, an event where you, you know, had some drinks or whatever, just communicate that. Like, just tell me that's all. And I'm not, I'll never get mad at you. I'll never for one second lose any sleep over that I'll never get upset with you because one I recognize that we're all human beings and we, we're not robots you know like if you want optimal results then I guess like the closer to a robot you can be the better but I don't expect that I'm not even like that um, And I, as a coach it's just not your job to criticize people or to come down on them or get mad at them it really has no effect on you you know what I mean? From the coach's perspective, if somebody cheats on their diet, how does that affect me, my life at all? They're still paying me. They're still my client. They're still paying me. And it's my job to just verbally and psychologically help guide them back to that plan and get back into the habit of following it. And it's it's really that simple. But if I, if I don't know that you cheated on your plan or you just didn't follow it or you did whatever and you're checking, it's eventually going to look pretty obvious to me. You know what I mean? Like if you cheat on your diet every single week and your diet calls for a calorie deficit, which mathematically would have you losing weight over time and you're not, I know you're not following your plan. So you might as well just be honest with me about it because I can't really help you if you're not communicating with me. So the main message was just communicate with your coach and be honest. But the between the lines thing that you quickly recognized is I was also talking to the coaches. Like, don't demean your clients to make them feel like they have to lie to you or withhold information from you so that they don't get like reprimanded because that's not your job at all.
2: Well, I just wonder because a lot of times, you know, the the trainers are reliant on their customers to enact the plan that they've set forth. And if the client isn't doing that, you know, then you can't push those results on social media and and then it looks bad on the work that you're setting out for the individual but the reality is is that if the individual doesn't take the self-accountability if they're lying to their coach they're lying to themselves
0: correct the only person that's losing in that situation is the client themselves i'm not my physique doesn't get worse if you don't follow your diet (laughs) you know so it doesn't and and again i'm still being i'm still getting paid so like from a business perspective, I'm still making the money and nothing negative happens to me. so I'm not going to get mad at you for not following your plan. But if you you know if you communicate with me, then we can figure out how to make sure that this doesn't become a, a habit that we continue screwing up. But if you don't communicate it at all, for a while, I kind of have to work under the assumption that you did follow the plan. the plan's not working. So now here I am making a bunch of adjustments to a plan that you're not even following. That's what I definitely don't want happening because I don't want to waste my time trying to wreck my brain and figure out why what I'm doing is not working for you if you're not doing it in the first place. It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's very simple. And again,
2: honesty can be difficult for people to divulge.
0: It's it's just people are kind of insecure and kind of ashamed of themselves because they, you know, it's all a lot of it's just fear and perception. You know, a lot of people perceive like, okay, Marcus. Clearly, I'm the only one of his clients that cheated on my diet this week. So I can't say that out loud and admit that it, almost everybody does you Yeah, know, like like 90 percent of my clients have a mishap here and there.
2: Um, yeah, the disgusting turtle brownie that I consumed last night probably <laughs> wasn't in the cards for... It wasn't any good? Oh, it was damn good. Oh, what? Okay. I just kept yeah. eating the whole thing. Disgusting like, meaning
0: uh, high calorie. I
2: got to the final bite, and I said, you sick pig, throw that thing away. <laughs> so at least I can say I salvaged uh, that last bit.
0: Sounds like I need to find out where you got
2: it. Right across at the pasta house. Right. It's dangerous when you bartend at the <laughs> pasta house, and they got homemade desserts back
0: there. <laughs> Ugh. Marcus Seidel,
2: uh, where can folks find you?
0: They can find me physically at Two Training Systems in Webster Groves, but uh, you know, virtually at underscore er, uh, at under Seidel underscore Nutrition. You're better at
2: this than I am. I usually always do it for you. <laughs> you it's do. at Seidel underscore Nutrition. S E I D E L underscore Nutrition. He will set you up with a successful plan today. And if you work with them, I guarantee you're going to see results almost immediately. And you'll certainly feel healthier uh, going about it in the right direction. So, And nope. just
0: communicate if you, ever, if you ever cheat on your diet.
2: Honesty <laughs> is the best approach to everything. That is right. Marcus, uh, good to see you, sir. Likewise. We will take a break. I teased it yesterday, but I'm going to get into it today. Harrison Butker, the kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs, delivered an amazing commencement speech at Georgia Tech, his alma mater. Uh, very inspirational message, which I hope everybody takes to heart. And then we will catch up with Kyle Gerdeman, the head men's basketball coach at Lindenwood University, as we roll along here on a Wednesday edition of The Verdict on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com.
1: Joe Fresta for Schicker Ford. We have the largest pre-owned inventory in South St. Louis with wholesale pricing on new and pre-owned inventory. Through-